Alright guys, let's stick a fork into week three. It's over. Welcome to Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PG Janky. We're gonna review those games from last night, guys. We're gonna give you a couple key injuries that happened over the weekend, and we're also gonna give you my post week three power rankings. Okay. Let's start off with the first thing to mention. I'm glad the curse has been lifted. We didn't have any major injuries on Monday night last night. I kept going into it going, man, are we going to lose another player tonight since the last two Mondays? We lost uh, pretty big players, but fortunately, the curse has been lifted. Hallelujah, everybody. No big injuries last night. Okay, first off, Philly versus Tampa Bay. Philly won this game 25 to Tampa Bay's 11. Guys, Philly's uh, offense looked very dominant in this game, but there is a but there. They stalled in the red zone. They looked very dominant in between, this, in between the 20s. And then all of a sudden, when they get within that 20, they would stall pretty bad. They were 1 for 5 in the red zone, guys, which I think, I mean, they, they won the game. It's something to be concerned with with them. Just maybe just so, something to look at because they're putting up massive amounts of yards. I mean, they had 472 yards of offense. Swift had 16 carries for 130 yards. I kind of feel like they should give him the ball more, but I think I know what they're doing. I think they're trying to hold them back. They've got plenty of good running backs. They got Gainwell. Now, he didn't have as much success as Swift did, but I think they're just trying to keep Swift nice and tempered so that he makes it through to the playoff kind of runs here because if you know DJ uh, DeAndre Swift from the past he does have a little bit injury history a little soft tissue kind of stuff so I think they're just kind of playing like hey man here's your 16 carries about 20 touches a game we'll keep we'll keep turning you up but let's just make sure that we're not getting you any more hurt than we need to be plus they were in control that game so what do you need to get him out there for anyways okay so then you saw AJ Brown also on the Eagles go bananas nine receptions for 131 yards guys it looked like he was just pushing around his way amongst those uh that tampa bay secondary they'd throw him the ball about five yards short of the sticks and he'd still go and get about eight yards to get the first down so just something to take a look at the eagles offense isn't going anywhere let's go to the flip side of the eagles team the defense they look dominant as well. That defensive line is a force to be reckoned with. Now, they only had two sacks, but they were harassing Baker Mayfield, making him move the whole game. Jalen Carter looks like they just they didn't miss anything with uh, losing Hargrave. And, you know, drafting Jalen Carter at the 10th spot overall when they just went to the Super Bowl is pretty crazy, guys. I mean, they just kept, re- they kind of just reloaded real quick. So. They did get a safety. They did have a fumble recovery. They did have an interception. The one bad part I can kind of say about Jalen Hurts game two, two, two bad interceptions. There was that point in the game where the, the Eagles threw an interception and then Tampa Bay threw an interception. They kind of traded possessions back and forth. I just think Hurts needs to clean that up a little bit. The teams, they're going to start playing better and better teams, the Eagles are, especially coming on up. So they're, they're going to have to uh, continue to improve their offensive capabilities around that. But hey, at the end of the day, they're 3-0, and they look pretty dominant on both sides of the ball. So my hat's off to them. Okay, now let's go back to Tampa Bay. Kind of fell back to earth. 
But this is what this is what I was kind of expecting, guys. They're not playing the Minnesota and Chicago defense. They played a real defense today, and it showed. They only put up 174 yards of total offense, and they only had the ball for 21 minutes of for time time of possession. Guys, that's not going to get you get it done. Not in the NFL. You've seen it before. The Eagles, like I said, dominated the time of possession, just ran the ball at will, and the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers did not. So, and then on the defensive side of the ball, Tampa Bay's defense, it, it is not playing as bad as I thought it would because I did say that they were aging at the very beginning of the season, if you've been a true listener. But the problem is the Eagles just had too many weapons for them to cover. And that's what it broke down to be. So Tampa Bay, they fell back to earth. They're two and one. Hey, they're still in a division that's up for grabs. So you never know. Tampa Bay could uh, still be very much contenders in the NFC South. But we have to take a wait and see approach. And I'm still not sold on Baker Mayfield being the answer for Tampa Bay. But for right now, he's playing okay enough to keep it rolling. Okay, let's go to the second game of the evening. The Los Angeles Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Guys, this game was not as exciting of a scoring game as we thought it was going to be. Burrow played, which everybody was really happy about. Burrow looked like he was um, healthy enough to play, I would say. I didn't really see him like limping around too much. I mean, he wasn't as mobile as he, you know, running around, you know, like bootlegging. But, you know, he was moving decently enough in the pocket. And, hey, the Bengals got the win. It wasn't the prettiest, but they got the win. Burrow um, threw for 259 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. Jamar Chase uh, definitely came back to life with Burrow being healthy. He had 12 receptions for 141 yards. Higgins, uh, their other good wide receiver, the one thing that I noticed watching the game, man, lots of drops for Higgins, lots of drops for Higgins. Um, but that, that can get corrected. Joe Mixon had the lone touchdown on the Bengals side. Now, let's go back to the Rams. The Rams, guys, they were 9% on third down. 9%. And I think a lot of that has to do with they got too pass happy. Way too pass happy. They only ran the ball as a team 13 total times. And 10 of those times was uh, Kyron uh, Williams. Now, he's had decent enough success the last couple games, rushing the ball about 14, 15 times, you know, getting a total of probably 20, 22 touches total. But you just really saw that the Rams became too pass happy. And then the Bengals, Bengals, pardon me, knew that. And they started rushing the passer like crazy. And then Stafford became became statue Stafford back there again. And he just kept getting hit. So um, the problem is... I think the Rams game definitely goes better when the run game starts to get going. The run game starts to get going. You start to see the play-action pass get going. And that's when you see Nakua start to go crazy. Tutu Atwell start to go crazy. And eventually Cooper Cup's going to come back and go crazy too. But it's got to start working when that run game works for Sean McVay. And I think he's got to realize that too, which I take my hat off to Sean McVay. He's a brilliant coach. I'm sure he already knows this. Maybe it was just, you know, the game got away from him. But the other thing about the Rams, they were 1-4 in the red zone. And as we talked about in the last game, with the Eagles being 1-5, but they ended up winning. The Rams were 1-4 and, and on the road. 
just like the Eagles. But the problem is you got to take advantage of those red zone times, especially when the game's a little closer because it definitely showed at the end because they ended up losing 19 to 16. Now they put any one of those four uh, other three chances into the end zone. Guys, you're looking at a different ball game, and you're probably also looking at a different ball game from the terms of the Rams might not be so pass happy if they're putting points up on the board. That was the other thing too. Very few runs inside the red zone for them. Now, I'm not saying that you got to run it from the 20, but they're on like the four and the five, and they just weren't even pushing it in. So, LA Rams offensive line is a little shaky. We'll have to see what happens. Like I said, their wide receivers were held in check. No wide receivers over 75 yards in this game for the Rams. So we're going to have to wait and see how they do it. But for right now, looks like the Bengals are starting to come back to life, especially their defense showed up with six sacks and 10 QB hits, guys. All right, let's go on to some of the injuries that uh, were notable from this last week. Some stuff to keep an eye on. Mike Williams, the wide receiver, um, prayers go out to him for, uh, he's out for the season with a torn ACL from the Los Angeles Chargers. Gus Edwards is, um, in concussion protocol, running back for the Ravens. And then we're going to have to take a wait and see approach to Derek Carr. He sprained his AC joint in that, uh, game against the Packers. It's probably going to be a couple weeks for him. I would say, um, Derek Carr has been known to get it hurt a little bit before, I think, especially with the way the Saints play defense, I think they think that the that Jameis Winston can hold on for them and at least be an efficient enough quarterback to get it done. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence on that one, but I'm guessing that's what they're going to go with. All right, guys, let's go over how I'm doing on picks, which if you guys have been listening, it hasn't been the prettiest, but hey. You know what? You probably like to revel in the fact that I'm not doing so good and laugh at me while you're listening to this podcast. So last week, straight up on the money line, I was eight for eight uh, against the spread. I was six for six and ten, and the over under I was ten and six. I'll give you guys a minute to catch your breath from laughing. Okay, you better. Perfect. All right, but here we go. Year to day, guys. I'm still not too bad. Uh, against the money line, uh, straight up against the money line, I'm 29 and 19. Against the spread, I wouldn't listen to me ever against the spread. I hate the spread. I don't. I don't even like to pick the spread when I'm personally gambling. Just to let you know. So, 22, 25 and one. And then the over unders, guys. I'm starting to catch up a little bit here. I'm 26 and 22. All right. Now, let's delve into the post week three power rankings. All right, we're going to start at the bottom, guys. I did go back and forth with a lot of these teams. It just, there's there's just, there is a lot of movement in my rankings this week. I'll explain it as I go. There's a lot of them that I could flip-flop probably one, two, three spots in some cases, and I'll kind of let you know where. All right, let's start at 32. This isn't going to be a surprise to anybody, and I hope it's not a surprise to anybody. It's the Chicago Bears, guys. No parts of that team look good to me right now. We knew they were going to go getting uh, embarrassed against the Chiefs. I understand that. I knew that the Chiefs are a way better team. But really, guys, the Bears, the way they showed up, it's just they got to figure something out. And I don't, I don't even trust them to get it figured out. So anyways, bottom of the barrel, the Chicago Bears, right above them. And they just so happen to play this week. So we'll see who's on the bottom of the, the charts next week is the Denver Broncos. 
Now, I'm sorry about that, Broncos fans, but when you give up 70 points, you got to fall somewhere. And when you're 0-3 and you gave up 70 points, at least your offense looks a little bit better than the Bears. So that's why you're 31, not 32. Okay, moving right along. We've got another uh, winless team, and that is the Carolina Panthers. Now, my hat's off to them. They played better last week with Andy Dalton, not Bryce Young. But... I know when Bryce Young is healthy, he's going to get back in there because the whole point to starting Bryce Young is for him to gain experience. So it just goes to show you that the Carolina Panthers have potential on that team. That they just need to give Bryce Young some more time to discover his potential with that potential. So Carolina Panthers are still winless. That 0-3, they're at uh, number 30 on this list. Okay, 29. Guys, I fought with myself on this one, but I had to put them because they're winless. I put the Minnesota Vikings. Now, guys, I actually think that the Minnesota Vikings are probably better than the next three teams on this list, at least. Probably even more so. But the problem is the Vikings can't seem to win games. And you play to win the game. Thank you, Herm Edwards, for that little quote. So, Vikings, until you start winning games... I got to keep you low on this list. You played better last week, but the Chargers even tried to give you the game. The Chargers did the Chargers things, and you couldn't, you couldn't take advantage of it. So, neither says a Vikings. You're number twenty nine on the list. Start winning games, and you'll jump up so many spots. That's where I'm at with you guys in Minnesota. Okay, twenty eighth. Now you guys can you guys can argue with me if you want, but I'm just I'm seeing this spiraling way out of control way too quickly. I got the New York Jets. And you're gonna be like, well, PJ, they won a game. They, you know, they barely lost to the Patriots. Oh. Guys, I'm not seeing any life on this offense. And and I I think it's gonna get worse. They're only gonna keep playing better teams. Um they got the Chiefs this week, which is gonna be another bloodbath. I mean, the Jets' defense is pretty decent, but they, like I said yesterday, guys, they're going to have to play almost perfect. I don't know too many teams that play almost perfect on defense anymore. It's too tough. There's too many skilled position players. You got fast tight ends, fast wide receivers, fast running backs. Everybody's running. It's too tough to cover everybody all at once. Something's going to sneak through. You're going to give up a couple plays a game. So unfortunately for right now, unless the Jets start playing like the Steel Curtain or the Baltimore Ravens of 2000 or the 85 Bears, I don't see it happening. So Jets, number 28. Okay, number 27. My hat's off to this team. They've been playing pretty decent football, even though they're supposed to be tanking. And that's the Arizona Cardinals. Hey, guys, they've been putting up some points. And they just punched the Dallas Cowboys right in the face and said, hey, by the way, you got a good pass rush? Boom! There we go. We just ran right past you. How's that fat pass rush doing now when we, when we just scored a touchdown rushing? So I think they exposed the Cowboys a little bit. I don't think the Cowboys were ready for that kind of fight whatsoever. But hey, hats off to the Cardinals. And their defense is definitely not playing too bad. So Jonathan Gannon, my hat's off to you there too. So that kind of level of football from, from a team that's supposed to be bad... Hey, they're playing some decent ball, in my opinion. Okay, number 26, we saw another team get in the win column here, and that's the Houston Texans. Guys, they handed it to the Jaguars. Um, And really, if they win win a couple more games and Jaguars keep playing like they did last week, this this power rankings could go even more flip-flop. But for right now, Houston Texans, great win. 
You look pretty solid on all forms and faction. Main thing is you're putting up points on on when you get the ball, and that's how it goes. Texans, like I said, is going to be a, a growing pain here this year. But hey, good win for them, especially against a division or opponent. Okay, number 25 on this list. They didn't move anywhere. That's the New York Giants. Uh, guys, they had a great first drive against the San Francisco 49ers, and then they just looked pitiful. Now, they've got a good test coming on up. Seahawks are coming in on Monday night. I think they've had plenty of time to plan. I think they've had plenty of time to think. I think hopefully Saquon Barkley might be back. I think there's going to be more positive things for the Giants in the future. But for right now, the style of offense that they're playing, they're 25th on this list. Okay, number 24, the Tennessee Titans. Guys, I like the Titans. I love Mike Vrabel as a coach. Uh, and I really, I thought I thought they'd win this, uh, or at least keep this last game close. And they didn't. Uh, I think they have to really look at this, and I think they got to put in Will Levis. I, I, they need a spark. And, and I'm sorry, I know Tannehill isn't necessarily supposed to be a top five quarterback or even a top 10 quarterback, but it just, their offense just looks so inefficient. They got to give some, some of these teams something else to think about rather than Tannehill back there. I, I think it's time to call for a change. I know it's too early in the season. They probably won't do it, but Titans, you are in danger of slipping further down this list if you don't start to make teams play a little different. Okay. Next up, number 23, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, The Raiders are starting to slip into the definition of Raiders do Raiders things. Uh, Let's kick a field goal, even though that we're down by so much. Uh, Jimmy G throwing three interceptions. It's one of those things, guys. It's just the Raiders are starting to become the Raiders a little bit. Now, they have offensive potential on that team and they actually have defensive potential on that team I'm just kind of curious I know it's too early to say but does Josh McDaniels have what it takes to unlock all of that potential on that team and you guys know I'm not a big Jimmy G believer really not but it's he's the only answer that they got right now there in, in Las Vegas so let's see what happens but they are right now stuck at 23 at the list. Okay, number 22, team that played last night, Los Angeles Rams. I, Guys, I'm kind of puzzled. I, I was really expecting more from the Rams last night, and I didn't see it. Um, Like I said, they got way too pass happy. They, I think Sean McFay's got to realize that everything kind of starts with the run for, with them, and he's always been that kind of guy. So, I, you know, I think they'll bounce back. They're definitely not in any easy division. We'll see what happens, but for right now, they're 22 on the list. Okay, 21. This is one of those teams that I fought with myself. I think I wrote them down like a total of three times and then scribbled it out and moved them up and back and forth, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, they win this next week. They're going to be bouncing right back up in the top probably 15 again, but guys, the way that Jaguars team lost and really... The way they lost to the Chiefs. Now, I know it's the Chiefs. Yeah, guys, I get it. It's the Chiefs. But the Chiefs won 17-9 the previous week. Your offense is not putting up that many points. You got to figure out something. That's what Doug Peterson's supposed to be doing. He got even more weapons. He got Calvin Ridley. You got Christian Kirk. You got guys to throw to. You got Ingram. You got ETN. You know, Sunshine should be blowing through some of this stuff. But anyways... Jaguars, really bad loss. You're 21 on the list. Sorry, that's where it goes. Start winning some games. I'll knock you up higher. 
Okay, 20th on this list. I got the Buccaneers, guys. I know you're like, PJ, they're 2-1. Yeah, they are. But I think they got exposed a little bit. They weren't playing two bad defenses. They played a decent defense. And what happened? Baker Mayfield look human again. And I'm not saying he looked superhuman in those other games. But he looked pretty dang good and was putting up good stats. And the other thing that got exposed to was their defense. Their, you know, the Eagles ate them alive in, in some of those, uh, some of that pass coverage. So some stuff to work in there, Buccaneers, but we'll see. You are still in a pretty bad division. You could probably still move higher up on this list. Okay, number 19, I got the New England Patriots. Guys, they put one in the win column last week against those uh, pitiful New York Jets. That's why I didn't really knock them up higher. Now, the Patriots have been playing quietly pretty decent ball. But I got to continue to see it. And I'll tell you what, New England, you go into the star this week and you beat the Dallas Cowboys, you'll see yourself jump up even higher. Which, I'm not going to kid you. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm never going to say it can't happen because Bill Belichick's a pretty good coach and he might take what the Arizona Cardinals did to the Dallas Cowboys and really expose it. So you better be careful down there, Mike McCarthy, because you got a really smart coach coming in and he's going to show you what he's got. So New England Patriots, number 19. Okay, number 18. Uh, this one I kind of struggled with too, guys. I got the Washington Commanders. Yes, they're two and one. But man alive, did they look bad in this last game against the Bills. And you're like, PJ, it's the Buffalo Bills. They're such a good team. Yes, they are. But Washington, you played at home. And after you were putting up, I'm not saying you were putting up monster points the last couple games, but you put up some points. You couldn't muster anything together. Sam Howell looked like, looked like a guy making his fourth or fifth start, whatever it is. So Eric Bieniemy, you got some work to do. And plus, what happened to the commander's defense? I thought the commander's defense was supposed to be scrappy, let's get after him kind of stuff with Ron Rivera. Well, that didn't show up this last week. So, needless to say, 18th on the list. Okay, number 17, we got the Indianapolis Colts. Now, guys, I was on the fence about trying to maybe move these guys higher. I just don't know what the Colts are all the way yet. I think that Shane Steichen's a decent enough coach. I think we got to see what happens with Anthony Richardson. Needless to say, they're playing decent ball, but I don't know where they where they stand up against some of these other teams. And I definitely think talent-wise, above these teams that are above them, they are below. Okay, number 16, I have the Atlanta Falcons. And now, the main reason why I have the Atlanta Falcons at number 16 is for one reason and one reason only, and that is Desmond Ritter. I'm not sold on him yet. I don't think they're sold on him yet. I get it. They're trying to give him every opportunity. But man, he just kind of looks blah back there. They've got so many skill position players on that team. They've got Bijan Robinson. They've got Drake London. They've got Kyle Pitts. They've got guys that can make some plays. Now, one argument I did hear from somebody recently was that, you know, Pitts and Drake London aren't separation guys. I get that. But still... They're guys that can go up and get the ball on whoever's covering them. So until they get a quarterback that's going to kind of figure that out, I don't know how that how how much better those skilled players are going to show up on the stat line. So for right now, Atlanta Falcons, I know, yes, you're two and one, but the problem is you looked very pedestrian against these Detroit Lions last week, and your skilled players didn't really do much. So something to be concerned about there. All right, next up, number 15, the Seattle Seahawks. 
Guys, I'm worried about the Seahawks as well. I um, I think Geno Smith is 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 serviceable. I think he's definitely okay. I think Kenneth Walker is a stud. I think they've got some decent receivers on that team. Their defense is okay, but just okay for right now. I'm not sold on them all the way yet. They're giving up a lot of points and a lot of yardage. I covered this yesterday. That is a recipe that you can't keep pulling rabbits out of the hat. So let's see what happens. But Seattle Seahawks, right now, you're 15th on this list. All right. Number 14 on this list. We saw the Cincinnati Bengals get in the wind calm and jump up a couple spots here. Now, if the guys, I got to see how the Bengals start playing. They easily could be one of these better teams in this on this list and for the rest of the year. But let's see. They had opportunities to really blow the Rams out of the out of out of the game last night, and they didn't. They they won, but it wasn't the prettiest win, especially for how great their defense played. I would have really thought that their offense would have put up some more points, but hey, we'll see what happens, Cincinnati. For right now, you're on 14th on this list. Number 13, the Los Angeles Chargers. I, I don't know what to do with this team. I they but they're putting up points consistently. If they could just get their running game going again, uh hello Austin Eckler, please come back. Um uh, I think this team could be a force to be reckoned with. I think they they even try to do Chargers things and they still win despite of themselves. So there is potential on this team. Justin Herbert is throwing the crap out of the ball. It is gonna hurt him have losing Mike Williams, but there's other guys that step up on that team. Chargers, number 13 on this list. Okay, number 12. I got to see what happens here, but I believe in their defense, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Yes, the Derek Carr injury is going to hurt them. I want to see how they respond. I want to see how they're going to keep these games. Yes, they were up 17-0 in Green Bay the whole game last week, it felt like, until the fourth quarter. Okay, one blown quarter is not going to make a season, so I'm going to still believe in the New Orleans Saints. I got them 12th on this list. Now, number 11, I got the team that just beat the New Orleans Saints. I got the Green Bay Packers. Okay, guys, they're 2-1. and one. They showed a lot of resiliency by, by coming back and winning that game last week. They've got some pieces going. I need to see them get their run game going a little bit more because I think that's going to let Jordan Love get his stuff going a little bit more. So if we see Aaron Jones come back, if we start to see Christian Watson come back and we put them on this team, I think you're going to start to see a team really start to put it together. So guys, look out for the Packers. I think they could slowly climb up this list. But a team that's going to be in the way of the Packers for right now is going to be the Detroit Lions. They are number 10 on this list. Guys, we saw what the Lions have done for the last couple weeks. They beat the Chiefs. They lost a close one at home to Seattle. They, and they just took care of Atlanta. And their defense looks solid doing it. Guys, I'm starting to drink a little bit of the Lions Kool-Aid. I'm starting to believe. Everybody's been telling me all offseason. Well, here we go, guys. I'm starting to drink it. Lions are number 10 on the list. Number nine on the list, we have the Cleveland Browns. Guys, I'm starting to believe more and more in the Cleveland Browns. I've been saying it on my pod. I'm not that worried about their offense. Look at what Deshaun Watson can do in that offense. I think if he keeps, you know, playing and playing, it's going to start clicking more and more. Yes, they have to figure out what they're going to do with the running game. And they will. I trust Kevin Stefanski. He knows how to get that ball a running. 
But the main thing, too, guys, is their defense is playing pretty good. They're playing that AFC North kind of football. And you're going to tell that by the next couple power rankings. I like that AFC North kind of football. So, because the next up on the eighth list is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, tough loss against the Indianapolis Colts. I get it. They could easily be higher on this list. I got to see how they respond. Okay? I got to see how the Ravens take with going from this loss. Because it wasn't a pretty game that they played against the Indianapolis Colts. I think that their offense could definitely play better. I think that they got to figure out what's going on with their running game because once again with in Baltimore, they keep losing running backs. Now they usually have about five or six guys on their team that can be a running back, but including Lamar Jackson. But we got to see how they're going to respond. And I got to see a little bit more from their defense. I think they had more opportunities against the Colts to make some plays, but needless to say, they're number eight. It's not too far of a fall for them. Okay, number seven. The biggest riser, I think, out of all the power rankings from last week is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Guys, I'm starting to believe. I've been believing. Actually, I did pick them to go to the playoffs. I got to tell you guys, that Steelers defense is why I get, why they got me believing. They are playing out of their minds good. And if that offense can just start clicking a little bit more like they did last week and a little bit more each week, which I kind of expect them to do. I kind of see Kenny Pickett doing that gradual climb. The Steelers are going to be a team that nobody wants to play. Nobody wants to play, whether you're at home or going to Pittsburgh. So, guys, number seven on the list was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, number six. They were in danger of going further down on this list, but I had to calm myself down and say, guys, it's only one one loss, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. But they got exposed a little bit. They also lost um, their very big cornerback, Trayvon Diggs, to a torn ACL from practice last week, which is a big deal. He's a big part of their defense. But they got shredded, guys, by Arizona. Shredded for 222 yards of, of rushing offense. So it kind of goes to show you... Dallas was beating up on those bad two New York teams. They played the Arizona Cardinals, who I picked them to beat beat the tar out of, but they didn't. So they got exposed a little bit. Let's see how they adjust. Their offense isn't playing too bad, but I kind of feel like they're going to have to get a few more guys involved in that re- in that passing game to really get it going. Their rushing game is good. Their offensive line is good, but they got to see what's going on because they got into a dogfight here. And then it kind of showed you they got when they're when they're beat when they're winning big, they win big. They beat they bully you, they beat up on you. But when they get into a dogfight, they kind of back down. So we gotta see what happens with the Dallas Cowboys. I am not sold on them all the way yet. If you listen to this pod, you realize that. Okay, number five on the list. I've got I don't think these ones have changed. Maybe these have a little bit. I think uh the riser is the the Bills. The Bills are number five on this list. Sorry. So we did change a little bit. Um, They are playing some ball. They are back alive. I've seen their defense start to come and become a huge factor. I think, you know, they... I thought they were just blaming Leslie Frazier last year for being bad on the defensive side. But Sean... And so I thought he was like a scapegoat. But no. They got rid of Leslie Frazier. They have Sean McDermott calling the defense. Their offense is playing better. And I think a lot of that is due because they got a running game going, guys. They got somebody that can they can rely on, on the running game. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, they had two running backs last year. Yes. But they got a little three-headed monster going with Cook, Murray, and Harris. And I think that is going to be a big factor. They got to get some more receivers kind of into the game. 
but they got some stuff there. If they really, guys, if I think if they had one more wide receiver weapon, I think they would probably be one of the top two teams in this league. But we have to see. Needless to say, Buffalo Bills number five on the list. Okay, number four, we have the Eagles. Uh, good, good victory against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nothing really changed on this one. I'm a little concerned about their red zone offense. I think they should be a little concerned about their red zone offense. But at the end of the day, they're playing dominant football. And they got the commanders coming up to Philly this next week. Okay, number three on the list, guys. No surprise here. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs are probably going to be one of the top two teams at the end of this year on this list. We can just tell. The Chiefs keep playing like the Chiefs. Mahomes looks good. But, of course, it helps when you play the lowly Chicago Bears and put up 41 points. How great you can look. But for right now, Chiefs number three on this list. Okay. Now, now the last two spots. And I know I'm going to get some arguments back and forth. But I've got them the same way I had them last week. i got the Miami Dolphins number two. And I got the 49ers number one. Now, I'm going to get into it right now. You're going to be like P.J., But Miami just put up 70 points. Yes, I know they just put up 70 points. They looked unbelievable. The main key to why I have the Dolphins lower than the Niners. And that is because of the Dolphins defense. The Dolphins defenses look good. But I have not seen them look as dominant as the San Francisco 49ers defense has looked. I think the San Francisco 49ers, as you guys know from listening to this podcast is the most complete team in the NFL. I think Miami Dolphins are right behind them, and the Miami Dolphins can't overtake them, especially if Miami beats uh, Buffalo pretty handily this week. But we got to wait and see, because I think the Niners' defense is is a better unit than Miami's, and I think yeah, I think you could probably give the Miami offense a hat over the San Francisco offense. I think it's a close call on that one, but... At the end of the day, the most complete team and the best team in the league right now for me is the San Francisco 49ers. All right, guys, there you go. The post week three power rankings and where everybody sits. Okay, tune in to Thursday. I will give you my Thursday night preview. I will pick the games for the Thursday game and all the Sunday games for you later this week. And we'll go over anything else that might be kind of going over newsworthy in the NFL. Because especially when the season's going, news keeps flying at us faster than we can talk about it. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me on Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PJ Janky. And for that, I'm out. <laughs>